Hi, this is Lewis Black, and uh, you're listening to PF's tape recorder. I don't know how you got to be able to listen to it, but and, and that he even has a tape recorder at this point in our time is really extraordinary because there are better things for, to listen to stuff on. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Dom Irera and I discuss guys who won't go on podcasts and we name names. But he's not like a witty guy or like on, on his feet. When he used to do radio shows, he'd do his act. When I say, I mean, he's brilliantly funny in his act, and I love the guy. Find out who Dom is referring to in just a little bit. We take a break from the government shutdown and look at an old favorite topic of ours, newsbusters and newsbusted and all that. And one of my favorite songs of the year is by Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings. We're going to give it another listen at the end of the show. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport and Delta Airline officials are still trying to figure out how a nine-year-old boy got through security and on a plane bound for Las Vegas. The boy likely would have been able to stay in Sin City, but was sent back immediately when he threatened to tell everybody what happened there. Robin Thicke is defending his hit single Blurred Lines in the UK this week after seeing the song banned at many university dances and functions there. Thicke told the BBC that older people just don't understand the song, which was inspired by his wife. So, quick review, Robin Thicke's wife is a bitch or a hoe, depending on if you're listening to the Clear Channel version or not. Along the scenic coast of the northern Aegean Sea, archaeologists have uncovered a Greek portico, which 2,500 years ago would have been a bustling public space, something like an ancient strip mall. The seaside portico, or stoa, stretches 130 feet across, with seven rooms inside, each bearing the distinct architectural touches of their ancient shop owners, the site's excavators say. Strewn about the ruins, archaeologists found coins, vases, and ancient tiny little yogurt spoons and cups. A lot has been said about what may have caused Chris and Bruce Jenner's separation after 22 years of marriage, but in a new interview, the Kardashian matriarch, 57, said that even she isn't sure. I don't think it was the pace of life. We're always gone 150 miles per hour, and Bruce has more energy than anybody, she told People Magazine this week. But said a tired-looking Bruce Jenner, I just couldn't keep up. And finally, Royals singer Lord got a big endorsement recently from none other than Kanye West, the 16-year-old pop singer reveals in a new interview with Rolling Stone magazine's Rob Tannenbaum. Lord met West when both were in London to perform on the talk show later with Jules Holland. He said he liked the message in my songs, which was cool, the New Zealand native says. I was saying to myself, keep cool, this is normal. Kanye was so impressed, in fact, he leapt up on stage during another act's performance on the program and said Lord was the best new act of all time. Of all time! And that's been Fake News with me. Thought we'd take a break from the government shutdown this week because everybody's talking about that and instead discuss something that is a continuing source of fascination for me. Hey everybody, welcome to News Busted. I'm Jody Miller. Let's get started. News Busted, of course, is a fake newscast. Big fans of fake news here at PS Tape Recorder. Uh, it's produced in conjunction with News Busters, which is a uh, website It was owned by the Media Research Council. And the Media Research Council, as we know, uh, was founded in October of 1987 by L. Brent Basel III. And it says, right, this is for, right from their website, who set out not only to prove through scientific research that this bias exists, meaning liberal bias, 
but to also neutralize its impact on the American political sense. And of course, as we mentioned in the past, I'm endlessly fascinated by the fact that people who don't really believe in science are going to use science to prove a point. So anyway, um, if you don't have newsbusters uh, in your Facebook feed, you need this in your life. It, the unintentional hilarity is absolutely amazing. Now, while the, uh, some of the posts they have are just completely outrageous and silly and, and ridiculous, uh, if you want to get depressed, read some of the comments that people leave on them, uh, the, which are, of course, pro whatever position they're trying to uh, run by you. Uh, and of course, they post the new episode of News Busted uh, in their uh, news feed every day. And uh, I happened to be scrolling along, and I came across uh, an episode, and they called out one of the jokes on the Facebook page, and well, here it is. Last week, the Colbert Report won the Emmy for Outstanding Variety Program. In other words, the Colbert Report won the Emmy for Best Left-Wing Propaganda Show. <laughs> and you can tell that's funny, well, because of this. And it can't be because I think conservatives are too dumb to know when to laugh because 6,000 people commented on this post on the Facebook page, all in support of it. It's so funny because it's so true. Well, it's not funny. And it's not funny. I don't mean like not funny because, hey, they took a swipe at Colbert and we like Colbert. It's just not funny because it's not funny. It's just not. I mean, they could have come up with way better jokes about Colbert. Other, you know, uh, off the top of my head, uh, you know, we didn't know which Colbert to, was to pick up the trophy, you know, because it's a it's a persona and it's a real guy named Stephen Colbert. I mean, they could have come up with way way funnier stuff. But just right to the easy. And every single joke, by the way, in this episode of Newsbusters, of course, it's it's all telegraphed. You know, what is the punchline going to be about you know against progressives? Hmm. Last week, Obama senior advisor Dan Pfeiffer compared Republicans to terrorists. Oh, hold on. This just in, Dan Pfeiffer has just been named the new morning guy on MSNBC. Now I'll leave the laugh track off because you're probably smart enough to laugh at that. That's actually pretty funny because we know what time it is over at MSNBC. So that's a pretty funny joke. Uh, and then there's this one. A glitch in a computer in Washington, D.C. will delay implementing parts of Obamacare for six weeks. Hey, I want one of those computers. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And if you find the idea of millions of people being without health insurance and being just one serious illness away from complete destitution, it's hilarious. All right, back to this uh, propaganda thing. Um, and now, it, not only is it a bad joke, but it kind of indicates uh, a level of thinking that's kind of alarming for somebody who's in the comedy business as Miss Miller. She's an actual stand-up comedian. This isn't some goof they found out on the street. She's an actual stand-up comedian. Here, I'll prove it. Now, I know we've been conditioned to think that men are like dogs and women are like cats. This couldn't be further from the truth. Guys, you're like cats. You're aloof and emotionally unavailable. Not bad. And uh, the rest of her stuff is like that. A lot of relationship stuff, a lot about being you know, a single woman out on the town, things like that. Some funny stuff. Um, I think that came from the Laugh Factory, as a matter of fact, out in California, where uh, a lot of great comedians perform. So I'm thinking, well, maybe this propaganda thing you know, is just the best joke she could think of. Until I saw the full clip of that episode of News Busters, or, or Busted, whichever it is. This time our goal is to raise enough funds to air two new News Busted episodes each week. Because, hey, Jon Stewart gets to share his liberalized ideas five times a week and we need to catch up really is it shares his liberal views you don't think john stewart's telling jokes stephen colbert are telling jokes really how can somebody with such an impressive comedy resume i'm not being facetious she does she's been on jay leno chelsea lately uh, written for a show on hbo and cinemax does regular gigs out in los angeles is what i can see from her website so the woman knows about comedy 
or does she? I mean, that, that just completely blows my mind. And, he, and here's the even funnier part about all this, is on uh, News Busted's, or the Media Research Council, well, they're all the same. It's all the same big bubble of nonsense. Uh, News Busted comedy show is about jokes about politics, Hollywood, and liberal media bias. Okay, so quick review. Uh, these are jokes. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid said Ted Cruz's recent filibuster of Obamacare was not a real filibuster. Or, as Reid would have called it if Cruz was a Democrat, heroic filibuster. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot something. <laughs> so that, that's a joke about politics, but this is propaganda. And folks, this shutdown has made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Although that could just be a reaction from uninspected shrimp. Real laughter there, by the way. Uh, now, I get if Miss Miller is a conservative. I totally get that. And maybe like our friend Tim Slagle, uh, who you should go back and listen to uh, our interview with, by the way, and we'll link to that on the Podbean page. Uh, Tim is conservative, but he does not roll out uh, on stage and, and blast you with it. Well, like this idiot. You gotta be kidding me. I come to my first CPAC, the only conservative comedian in the United States, and you're walking out on me. Well, yes, because we heard there was going to be a comedian. Um, and that's Brad Stein. And, uh, well, and there's this guy, too. So this is what a bunch of racist, homophobic, hate-mongering, domestic, Christian terrorists look like. My kind of crowd, huh? It's a fellow named Steve Crowder addressing the Family Research Council gathering. Now, uh, like our friend Tim Slagle, when he goes on stage, of course, he doesn't immediately say, hey, I'm a conservative. He just goes and starts telling jokes. And a lot of them are about the Obama administration, you know, and ideas that progressives uh, find, you know, near and dear, you know. And and perhaps Miss Miller is like our friend Tim Slagle in that she recognizes there's just a, an audience. There's a vacuum for maybe jokes that feature progressive ideas and, and progressive supporters and progressive individuals as a punchline. I get that. But how can you not tell the difference? between comedy and satire and propaganda. That's just crazy to me. I mean, I'm, I wish her well. I wish her success with Newsbusters. She seems very nice. She seems, you know, funny uh, apart from Newsbusters. And who knows, maybe it'll, Newsbusters will find its way onto, you know, Fox News or one of the Fox channels uh, someday, and it'll be a big hit. And on fake news, I'll do a joke uh, like, um, Newsbusters won an Emmy this past week for Outstanding Comedy Variety Program. Or in other words, it won an Emmy for the Best Conservative Propaganda Program. <laughs> Myrera is a veteran stand-up comedian who's been on such TV shows as Dr. Cat's Professional Therapist, where he was brilliant as a reoccurring character. He was also on Seinfeld as the prop comic. He's done his stand-up on The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson and The Tonight Show and all the talk shows on the TV there. He's had several specials on Comedy Central and HBO and so forth. And he was kind enough to take time out of his busy schedule to talk with us. Here is our interview with Dom Myrera. Hey, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's Dom Irera. Dom, how you doing? Good. I heard you had trouble getting through to me. That's how big I am. I, 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 tell me about it, man. It was, it was rough there. My computer crashed. Security uh, has to protect an act of my immense size. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, it's been a while since we spoke. I guess the first thing I'd like to ask is, is what's new with you? What's new with me? I just well doing some voiceover stuff, and uh, I was in Australia a couple weeks ago. You talking about my private life? I'm like e either, either or. No, because my private life's been terrible until I get out of L.A. Once the plane reaches a comfortable cruising altitude, uh, then I'm doing okay. 
How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I know I heard you on uh, David Feldman's podcast a couple of months ago. Uh, oh, I was yeah, I was on it last week. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, I got to uh, I got to get caught up. It, usually, when I start listening to podcasts, I'll go through like and not listen for a couple of weeks to each one, and then I'll go back and try to like binge on them, and then I have to go binge on the next one because I've neglected the other podcast and stuff. But um, my podcast, I have uh, I was busting Daniel Tosh's chops about it because he doesn't do podcasts. I said, uh, you know, the only ones that haven't done them are you and Dane Cook. Huh. I said, Bill Burr's done it twice. In other words, Bill Burr's a better comedian than both of you, but he's done it twice. You mean it's my way of digging. <laughs> as far as being a guest or as far as actually doing one? No, being a guest. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, there's some uh, Bill, other folks. I've been on Bill, but he's been on mine a, a couple times. Okay, well, there's there's are some uh, other folks that I've interviewed that... Uh, have declined to be on the podcast, and one of them, who's a uh, won't name names, but he's a really big name in comedy, and he's a super nice guy, and everyone loves him. He plays theaters, but he didn't want to do the podcast because he said he didn't name names. Be little. I'm <laughs> down to my height. Well, he's, why, why wouldn't you name names? Um, that, I, that's true. I have no one to answer to. It was uh, Mr. Brian Regan did not want to. Uh, oh yeah, but you know what? Brian's not funny. <laughs> I mean, no, but this is, seriously, Brian is a, a brilliant act. And I love Brian, but he's not like a witty guy like on, on his feet. Well, you know what? Like, when he used to do radio shows, he'd do his act. When I say, I mean, he's brilliantly funny in his act, and I love the guy. But he's not, he's not like a... Andy Kindler would not make a, a tenth of the money Brian makes, but he's so much quicker. And, you know, most, you know, you know what I mean? Well, you know, I don't think you're uh, inaccurate on that. In fact, that's why he uh, he told me, I asked him at the end of the interview, I said, just out of curiosity, why wouldn't you do the podcast? And he said, well, I don't know if I should be on or if I have to be funny and I'm not really good in that format. So maybe it wasn't a bunch of jive after all. I mean, no, he, he's not good in that okay, format. Okay, well, there you go. Now I'm no longer offended. I well, thought he shouldn't just, be offended. He can't, he's just a big guy that can't do it. Yeah, there are, some folks work better in that format and, and other folks you know, need stuff prepared. Uh, and I probably would gravitate toward the latter, so I could totally understand, uh, you know, why I'd be uncomfortable, you know, uh, doing that. Or when you're not, you know, I guess when you do a show like Bob and Tom, they're kind of known for prepping you and saying, well, we'll talk about this. And, or what do you want to talk about something that you have jokes about? So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I've heard that complaint about Brian that he will uh, do the same stuff he did at the radio show. But that's just him, you know. It's like he's great at one thing. I mean, some people... Their acts suck, but they're uh, terrific on uh, a podcast. My podcast is doing well. You know? And what uh, is your podcast? It's called Don Marrero Live from the Lab Factory. Okay. You know what helps is like all those guys like Rogan and and Bill Burr and them, they'll all do it. You know, that, that helps a lot. I had uh, I had Robbie, Rob Schneider on last week. Oh, yeah, how was that? Good. Uh, he's, he's terrific, you know. I mean, he's so effortless, you know, just yeah. going to an impression and... It's not. It's not corny or hokey. It's, you know, it's not like a, a, it goes a little something like this. <laughs> it's not that. It goes like it. He said. Then Nicholas Cage said, "Boom!" and he does the impression. You know. He was on our show a couple of months ago, and I, I was talking to him about because he's very. He's a, a really. Uh, uh, informed guy about you know issues and things like that. Yeah, he's smart. So yeah, so we talked about that, and then uh, I I kind of just was kidding with him and saying he went on this long. Uh, 
chat about uh, about the labor movement he was involved with here in Cincinnati when he came out a couple of years ago and, and helped uh, in a protest. And I, and after this whole thing is discussion, I said, "Well, how do we make that funny?" And he, I think, he got a little irritated with me and said, "Well, you don't. I thought we could talk about this on a <laughs> podcast." And I was like, "Easy." <laughs> I was just having yeah, some fun. Yeah, I know he's but... into Buddhism and all that. There's another funny religion. <laughs> The laughs just keep coming. They really do. Yeah, the, the nice thing about uh, I'm able to fool people being on this podcast, as with you, is that you'll be, in, of course, in a print piece in, in City Pages up in Minneapolis, which, you know, 40,000, 50,000 people will see. And then, you know, my 2,000 listeners on the podcast worldwide also get, you know, treated to the audio version. So that's been working out pretty good. Yeah, I like the uh, the idea of doing that with one shot, one stop shopping. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's a multifaceted. Yeah, it's a good idea. I, I'm looking forward to that Minneapolis gig. I haven't been there for a while. Yeah, and I think um, have have you been to Cincinnati like in a while? I think the last time I interviewed you was actually for Cleveland. Uh, last time I was in Cincinnati, I worked with Cher. Oh wow! At, at, at like was it Three Rivers Stadium or one of those Riverfront? Riverfront. <laughs> no, it couldn't have been the stadium though. It was an arena right uh, near. Oh, there. next door. Um, the it used to be called the Riverfront Coliseum. Now it's named after some bank. I think it's the. Yeah. First Star Center or the U.S. Bank? U.S. No, it's U.S. Sure, Bank Arena. And I also was there with the NFL. I did something. I did a show called Offsides, and I was interviewing the uh, the Bengals, and they they were they had a, a they were zero and seven or something, and the coach I think his name was oh, I can't remember, but I said to them, Coach, you want to do the show? He goes, Listen, man, I really love the show, but we're zero and seven. I can't be doing comedy. You mm. know. So that was you know, the only time I was... Uh, I wonder if that was Marvin Lewis, because he's been the coach for ages. No, it wasn't him. I know, I know who he is. Uh, before that was Dick LeBeau, and I think Bruce Coslett, and then Dave Shula. I only know this because... Yeah, yeah it was that one, Coslett. Coslett, Co- uh, okay, yeah. I used to um, write for a radio show here in town, and we did a soap opera called All My Bengals. Oh. And, and that was a lot of fun to do. So that's how I, that's how I remember all the, the roster. I'm not really a Bengals fan, I'm a Browns fan. And, uh, so you were happy about last night? Yeah, I was. Well, I don't have NFL Network, so oh. and for those listening, the Browns uh, beat the the Buffalo Bills last night, thirty-seven to twenty-four. I think it was. Are we going out live? Uh, no, but when this rec- when this is released on uh, a week from Sunday, people will be like, "Why are they talking about a game that happened two weeks ago?" Oh yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and I, I don't have NFL Network, so it's only following it online. And I'm like, "Why is Whedon in?" And uh, Hoyer was that, and then finally I find out this morning that uh, Hoyer's knee got bent back. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so... Well, listen, since it's, uh, it's in the future, let's predict stuff. Okay. <laughs> and we'll probably be wrong half the time. They're going, what are these guys, are idiots? Yeah, how about... Uh, can you believe how the uh, Bengals took it to the Patriots on Sunday? I can't believe Peyton Manning. Boy, they broke his neck. Carried <laughs> <laughs> him off so the field. Good. Now, you are a Giants fan, I would guess. No, I'm uh, a oh, no, you're fan Philadelphia. of whoever I bet on. Fans. Oh, okay, yeah, that, there you go. Yeah, that's... Boy, that's... I don't care. I mean, like, I root for the, uh, the Dolphins and the Eagles. Okay. When I was working with the NFL, I rooted for whoever was nice to me in interviews. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's funny. I do that uh, a lot, too, with um, sure. with guys in show business and also, yeah, or, or teams or, or bands that are nice I to us. I can't believe that jerk got a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. So what, what else are you working on apart from the, uh, the podcast and uh, doing the club dates and so forth? Well, we're working on a show, but I really can't tell you about it because, you know, I don't want the idea to get out. Oh, that's fine. Uh, we we have a show that was, uh, I hate to be like that because it's not good for any journalistic purposes, but 
I have a show that was sold. Now that means at least the money's there. Uh, whether or not it ever reaches the air, who knows? But you know, I'm actually hosting a show this weekend for like uh, they wanted me to do like a kind of a Rodney Dangerfield thing, I'll host a younger comedians and oh, cool people who haven't been seen before, or, you know, to the nation, to the world. So I'm doing that uh, here in Long Island. So, you know, that's another thing, you know, like that's, uh, things are different now. What people do is, like, for things like this, they, like, um, they do them first, then they sell them, you know? So then they, they have bidders on it as opposed to, in the old days, like, say, uh, HBO would do a special and that was it, you know? Yeah, who else? Someone else was talking to us about that. Um, uh, like that's what Jeff Dunham did. Yeah, yeah, that's a and uh, and I oh, can't think of who who's the guy that uh, did the show on Showtime or they watch the X-rated films and why is it escaping me? He's like the he's a, a David Tell. David Tell. God, why can't I think of that man? Uh, Gotta love David Tell. He was on my show, and I said, he, I said, Dave, I don't think you realize how strong you are. He goes, Dom. First of all, I hate my act. Secondly, I hate myself. <laughs> I said, that's why you're still funny. Keep up that self-hatred. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole key. Yeah, he yeah. went into all kinds of debt, and he had to make that show up front, like you're saying, and then sell it to Showtime. And then, uh, you know, it's still, I think he still came out, you know, uh, in in the hole. As oh, really? Were. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's, it's... Uh, that's an interesting way to do it. In a, in a Shouldn't they use Union cameramen? Yeah. <laughs> Looking up all that money. You should have um, used children in the Philippines to film it. There you go. Um, now, it, it really, the whole uh, comedy business has, I guess, gradually changed over the years. And you, you think been at it uh, a while. Uh, do you think the most of the changes have been for the good, or do you think it's, you know, the, the talent still rises to the top eventually? I think that they... Uh they watered it down too much. Comedy Central gave everybody a half an hour, but it can't, you know. Then again, they uh, they they don't give as much money. You know, like when I did Comedy Central special, it was like fifty thousand dollars or something like this. Now it's like fifteen. But you know, uh, you get what you pay for, and they, they got well, a yeah. lot of acts. And I wish these people well, but I think you know, and everybody has a right to turn the TV off. But I think they gave specials to people that, that weren't that special. You know. But, you know, with the, I guess since we seem to have more like one-hour specials, do the Comedy Central one, the half-hours maybe are more like a, like a, a triple-A sort of venue, and then like, you well, know... What's the, the hour specials? What's that? Like who? I don't know, everyone's always telling me they're, they're working on a new hour, they're releasing a, you know, a D, not through Comedy Central necessarily, but, you know, they're releasing a DVD, uh, you know... Yeah, yeah, for a DVD, but not for Comedy Central. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, an hour's too long to stand up. I mean, if I... Look, I, I, I love doing stand-up, but sometimes I, I can't stand myself, and I just want to astral project that on my body. <laughs> the last thing I want is an hour of me. I think 45, 50 minutes is plenty. Yeah, well, plus if you have somebody else on the bill, you know, it kind of helps uh, even it out. Yeah, but then I usually do that on specials. Yeah. And maybe Russell Peters or somebody like that will, will do it, you know. Yeah, people are like that even with bands. They say, you know, you know people, oh, String, Springsteen played for two and a half hours. I'm like, you know, after an hour and a half, I think I'm good. Yeah, no, I know Springsteen is way too long. I, I love Springsteen, but I can't stand I mean, the only one I can watch for three hours is McCartney because of his history and all that, but that's about it. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that. We saw the Beach Boys uh, last summer on the 50th anniversary tour, 
And uh, I could have gone for a longer show. There were some songs, even though they covered a lot of ground, and I was really was happy. Was Brian with them? Yeah, oh yeah, the, it was uh, the five surviving members. Wow. Yeah, it was strange, too, because um, we'd seen them the year before at a casino, my wife and I, and it was just Mike, uh, Bruce, and I think that's it, and some other guys. They ascended. It's a nice band, but they just looked old and not as energetic. But then when he, they were all together, completely different show. Wow. Yeah. You gotta listen to Beach Boys Party. Oh yeah, you ever hear it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, with them singing Bob Dylan and the Beatles. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and Dean Torrance uh, got ticked off at Jan and come down the hall and secretly does the lead vocal on Barbran. He did. Yeah, that's him. Well, who was it? Dean Torrance from Jan and Dean. They were, he, was singing, he was singing Barbara Ann on that? Yeah, he's actually doing the lead vocal because he was, they were recording down the hall and he got into a fight with Jan about the record they were doing and he stormed down the hall and he heard the Beach Boys were doing this ridiculous party album and he checked in and he goes, hey, what, what? and they're on different labels so he wasn't allowed to sing on the record and uh, he just came to say, we're, we're doing all these old songs and he said, oh, how, you guys doing Barbara Ann? That's a good vocal song. So he's so the they, one going, can't you sing ba 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 Yeah, yeah. That's him? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I thought they did that in like a garage or something. It was in a studio, in, uh, and I forget which one. What am I? I'm up against a, I'm up against a, a fountain of knowledge here. <laughs> sort of, just, just on the Beach Boys and uh, and the new wave music of the '80s, and then it kind of kind of peters out from there. All right, who was the best of the '80s? Uh, what's that? Who was the best of the '80s? The Police. Um, I like the Police a lot, but my favorite band from the '80s is Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Who? Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Oh, I don't know. They're known here by their one top ten hit, uh, If You Leave, which was on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Would Kurt Cobain, uh, would that be 80s or 90s? That's 90s. That's oh, okay. early night, yeah. They were good. Your grunge, your Seattle, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I never learned so much on a podcast. I love this. Pull <laughs> me up every week. Pull <laughs> me with information. Yeah. New Wave in 60s Music Minute with P.F., as told to Dom Irera. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Kevin Love was talking about his his family, and he was, you know, Kevin Love, the basketball player. Yeah, and he plays for Minneapolis. See, it all comes together. There you go. Yeah, you know, also is a big uh, fountain of of eighties uh, now. Well, uh, two people of seventies is, is uh, Jimmy Pardo, and uh, Christian oh, yeah? and Christian Finnegan. Yeah. Oh, I know Christian. Yeah, of course, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy's been on the show. Yeah, on my my podcast. Yes, yeah, has, has uh, Christian been on? I don't know because I've interviewed him. Uh, I do a show from the uh, from the Laugh Factory. I'm pretty sure Jimmy's been on. But I, I get mixed up sometimes because I do a show from the Laugh Factory, which I interview people. Like Kevin Nealon does one for new material. I do one called Breaking Balls with Dom Herrera. And that's like, you know, where you open it up to the crowd more and you interview the guy after he does a few minutes of stand-up. Okay, and I think it, I've seen so that. I think Christian's been on that one. Okay. Uh, you know, I do so many people, it's hard to remember them all. I have some recollection of seeing that on YouTube. Would that be possible? Well, it, it, it could have been my... It's possible, yeah. I okay. Mean, yeah, because that sounds familiar. The acts would have to sign off on that. With mine, they know it's going to be on. Okay, I see. All right. But, I mean, with my real podcast, Tom Rare Live from the Laugh Factory, they know it's going to be on. With that, that's just shot at, at the club. Sometimes okay. they'll stream it or something. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. 
Sounds good. All right, so uh, what's the rest of your year looking like? Now, you said you got the, the, the secret show that we can't discuss. Uh, rest of the year, I'm, like, on the road until I'm just all over the place. I'm, I'm, I'm not international. Thank God. I'm, I'm tired of flying, but I'm going back and forth uh, across the country till the first week of December. Then I'm in San Diego okay. at the Comedy Store. The rest of the year is pretty cool. I got a great gig in uh, Atlantic City. It's a 2,000 seat theater uh, at the Tropicana, uh, which is really fun for me to go back because I'm from Philly. Oh yeah, there you go, right in your backyard. Yeah, it's a shame you can't gamble on football in uh, Atlantic City. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Because there's football pools at the at the Pentagon. You know, there, people gamble all the time. It's like trying to stop anal sex. You know what I mean? <laughs> But it's ridiculous here that you can't bet on stuff. I mean, because we bet on it anyway. Right, yeah. We have a couple of casinos here, and uh, I'll take my wife down, and I act as her caddy. You know, I hold the tickets and you know, her card and all that stuff, and I watch her, her play the slots, and, and that's good enough for me. I mean, if there was sports to bet on, you'd never get me out of there. So it's probably a good thing. Yeah, they don't. there's no sports other than in, in, uh, Nevada, right? Yeah, and I think for a long time, Oregon had a deal in their state lottery where you could actually bet on games. I don't know if they still do that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll look that up. As, as our friend Jimmy Pardo might say, that may or may not be accurate. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Well, all right, sir. Um, I'll thank you for taking the time today out of your busy schedule to chat my with busy us. busy schedule, my ass. I was asleep. <laughs> <All right. laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Thank you for calling me. I was lonely. <laughs> okay. All right. all right, man. I'll let you get back to sleep, sir, or on the rest of your day, whichever works best. All right, thanks for having me on, man. Be all well. Right, um, talk, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Dom Irera for being on the show. You can catch Dom in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the House of Comedy there in the Mall of America, October 16th through the 19th. And then Dom is in Las Vegas at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club there at the MGM Grand. That is October 21st through the 24th. For all things Dom Irera, visit domirera.com. That's D-O-M-I-R-R-E-R-A.com. And you'll find out everything you need to know about this hilarious comedian. All right. Well, not only do we like comedy on PFT Recorder, as you know, we love music. We uh, also promote a lot of unsigned bands, a lot of signed bands that still need promotion. And one of our favorite bands, of course, uh, they've almost become our house band, if you will. Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings, earlier this year, they released a CD called Sorta Kinda Maybe, and uh, it is brilliant. And uh, one of my favorite tracks on it, or actually my favorite track on it, and one of my favorite tracks of the year uh, is a song called Midnight Run. We played it back on the uh, Summer Music Festival. I'm going to play it again for you now. This is Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings, Midnight Run on BF Tape Recorder. the knee 
Midnight Run, Andy Hawk on the train, wreck endings. Okay, we're up against the clock, folks, so I'm going to skip the credits this week. Go back and listen to an old episode and uh, find those if you're interested. And they're all good, too. As Jackie Cation says about her podcast, and, and we feel the same here, feel free to cherry-pick, people. All right, and speaking of Jackie, we're going to have Ron in a couple of weeks, uh, by the way, so fingers crossed. All right, uh, that is all I have for this week, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. <laughs>